Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat. A day late on Saturday afternoon rather than Friday. Apologies and thank you for your patience. Had a lot of things kind of coalescing around a uh, bunch of different issues on Friday that made me have to miss on Friday afternoon. But we're here a day later on Saturday afternoon after the Packers have announced that they have activated Eric Stokes off injured reserve. He will be available for the game against the Buccaneers tomorrow, uh, as well as elevating Bo Melton and Kenyon Drake from the practice squad to the active roster. Um, I wouldn't expect any of them, including Eric Stokes, to be significantly involved. And I know Stokes has been a full participant for the last two weeks as far as the injury report goes, which should bode well for his availability, but... I don't think you sh Packers fans should expect to see a ton of Stokes on defense. Um, and then, yes, I think they probably do continue to utilize him on special teams like they did in Denver, uh, even though he suffered that hamstring injury. Um, it's not the case where you can just throw him in there for 50, 60 snaps. Um, I suspect they'll use him rotationally, probably in certain sub-packages, dime, um, prevent, what have you. But, um, again, I just wouldn't expect a ton of of activity from Stokes tomorrow. They'll most likely ease him in here these next couple of weeks. On the flip side for Tampa Bay, um, unfortunately, Vita Vey, who has always brought his A game against the Packers, has been upgraded to questionable for the game for kickoff on Sunday. So good sounding like is a decent chance that he'll play. Um, obviously, he is a total headache for anyone and everyone across that front. And the Packers are going to have to have a plan for him down in and down out because he can absolutely turn your lights out on offense. Hello to everybody on the comment section. So good to see everybody. Soder's here. Of course, Soder's here. What's up, man? Justin, Nags, with hopefully getting Jair and Stokes back into action, would that allow Joe Barry to play more press coverage with their experience on the field instead of the rookies? Would it allow him to? Yes. Will he? No. And look. Press coverage is not an answer to everything, right? Like, there's certainly times where I would prefer he calls it a bit more than he does, but it's not like the calls have been, um, you know, let's be passive for passive sakes, or we're going to play five yards off on this because uh, we don't trust the guys to play press. We've seen Carrington Valentine play plenty of press coverage, and we've seen him get taken advantage of a couple times on press coverage. So I just think. Yes, there will undoubtedly be a little bit more leeway, but again, I don't expect Stokes to play a whole lot. So I don't think that that changes anything as far as, um, you know, some kind of overhaul in the defensive backfield. I, if Jair is able to go, and we don't know that yet, um, he is listed as questionable. He has been a limited participant. I'll actually be surprised if Jair is up tomorrow, but I just don't think anything major changes yet. Not anytime soon. Soder says, Bengals did what we needed them to do, take care of business, Pack. Yeah, you know, there's one thing I look at when it comes to the 2023 Green Bay Packers. Taking care of business probably isn't on the forefront of the agenda. They tend to play to their team, their opponent, and they have a team pretty much looking in the mirror this week. Same record, and a team that has been up and down and shown spurts of good play and then some really heads scratching play, and I think tomorrow will probably be similar. Uh, I don't expect either team to run away with this. Hopefully the Packers can get a turnover, uh, change the tide of this game, and win by two scores. But I unfortunately suspect that it will come down right down to the wire. 
Brother Love, what's up? How you doing, man? What's the status of the running game tomorrow? That's an excellent question. I mean, Kenyon Drake has been brought up. I know both A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are listed as questionable. I think there's a chance that Aaron Jones is up, but I don't think that's a foregone conclusion. And with A.J. Dillon dealing with that thumb, uh, he didn't practice at all until the final day, until Friday. We could very well see Patrick Taylor and Kenyon Drake in the backfield, and i got to suspect if that is the case, it's probably mostly Patrick Taylor because Kenyon Drake, what, has been in town for two weeks? It's not like he's got the play down playbook down pat, especially when it comes to the protections things of that nature. Maybe some of the more straightforward, simple stuff. Yeah, they'll let him out there for it. But, yeah, not – I mean, we've got 24 hours to go, but anything. It could be anything. It could literally be Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon back there for the first time in forever. Or it could be neither of them play, and they're going down to the bottom of the roster to find guys to carry the ball. Stay tuned. Tyler Herrick for D.C. Having played Tyler and Madden, I, I cannot endorse this. I'm sorry. He's far too easy to take advantage of. Maybe not, you know, Joe Barry easy, but pretty easy. Gordon, Aaron, absolutely love that iconic background photo behind you. To those early pioneers of Green Bay football, I say thank you. Yeah, I, I've always loved this shot. Um, when I first moved into this apartment, it was one of the first things I ordered. And I think I've told this before, but I wanted to, get, I wanted to have it framed. I thought I ordered it framed. And then it came rolled up in a tube, which kind of pissed me off. But I love this print, and I love this photo, and that kind of whole era of football. It's just classic. Quinn, what's up? Hey, Nags, here in Alaska at a Vikings bar, enjoying my beer that much more after hearing all the Vikings fans crying. Go Pack. Man, look, they got to watch us lose in, like, excruciating fashion on Monday night, right? So it feels good to kind of watch them have to lose in terrible fashion. Nick Mullins is pure comedy, man. Like, he's hilarious. Like, yes, he finally you got that touchdown to, you know, take pull him ahead there. But, you know, just overall, he's hilarious. He, he, he's a backup for a reason, very clearly. Um, and, hey, look, shout out to Browning and the Bengals for making the plays that they needed to make, especially to even get it into overtime. That um, Higgins reception for a touchdown is one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen. That should have been an interception. So, yeah, that uh, – I mean, as Soder said at the top, man, they did us a solid. Now we got to take care of business. We still control the destiny. Um. <laughs> oh, man. Brandon Staley for Packers DC? No. Stanley Williams, what's up? Thanks, man. If Jets fire Salah, I can see he's coming to Green Bay. I, now, that I, now that I don't dismiss. I think that's a possibility. Staley, I don't think that will ever happen. But... Yeah, I think there's a possibility, but I don't think Salah's getting fired. Uh, they're going to give him and Douglas a year with Rodgers to kind of prove out, right? Yeah, this year has been hard to watch if you're a Jets fan, but I, I just don't think Salah's going anywhere. <laughs> Brandy, Joe Barry fired yet? Now, now. Four games to go. We all saw this defense turn it around the end, kind of end of year stretch last year. Now there's lots of context there and caveats and what have you, but – they started taking away the football in droves in December of last year. Hopefully it happens again this year. We'll see. Soder, thanks for the super chat. Day late, but happy birthday, Robin. Yes, happy birthday, Robin. Uh, we uh, toasted Robin on the happy hour on Thursday night. Hope you're doing well, Robin. Uh, I don't know if you're here, but 
I know it's late and you're across the pond, but we can't thank you enough for your support of Cheesehead TV from the jump. Really appreciate it, man. Marcus, Nags, why don't we use Jordan Love's legs more? He's very athletic and feel like he could have design plays that would help the offense move the chains. You mean like on the play he fumbled on in Monday Night Football against the Giants? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, Mark. I mean, Marcus, I tend to agree. I don't even know if I want more kind of running plays designed for Jordan, but I would like to utilize his legs a little bit more in the passing game, i.e. in the boot game. I think he really seems to handle it well when he gets outside the pocket and he has that high-low option, whether to throw it and or tuck it and run. So far this season, I've seen it again and again where he's really smart about that. Um, but, yeah, the uh, RPO or option play that they ran, put that in the fucking dustbin, man. Ben, if the Packers make the playoffs, does Barry stay? Ooh, now we're getting down into it. Anything is possible. I doubt it if the defense continues to have the same kind of tendencies as far as allowing easy completions, giving up yardage and drives and crucial situations. But, you know, they start taking the football away and are a big reason that they're in the playoffs and maybe even help them win a playoff game, then, yeah, probably not. As much as I hate it, probably not. <laughs> when we listen to Joe Barry's press conference, he explains every situation so logically, but all know he needs to go. Well, that's the thing. You can explain anything. Well, this is why it happened. Like, the fact that um, Valentine was playing so soft off Slayton well he didn't get the call so he defaults to okay I want to stay back make sure nothing gets over the top of me yeah because passive calls breed passive play which is I've said forever it and this is a play style issue you know and so yeah you can explain everything oh they were supposed to we're supposed not in this play in particular but any play we're supposed to be in cover two or cover three and this guy's supposed to do that and blah 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 well, you know, the other team gets paid, too, and knows how to take advantage of cover two or cover four or what have you. And your guys are just passive. The whole idea is passive. The whole and Go watch other teams play defense. That's what makes it so frustrating. And it's not just a question of, like, you got to be aggressive, quote-unquote, and blitz more, which I know most fans tend to, like, think about when it comes to aggressiveness. But, you know, blitzing for blitzing's sake doesn't solve anything. It's about a mentality. It's about a play style. We've heard Matt talk about it several times throughout the years, yet it never seems to manifest itself when it comes to all 11 hats on the ball, flying to the football, getting off blocks, making tackles. Things of that nature just are not second nature in Green Bay in the way they are in other towns. It's just I talk, We talked about this on Transplants earlier this week. It's just frustrating. Joe, what's up, man? I think the count is now 11 interceptions for Love in Packers losses, one INT in Packers wins. Turnovers are only good for breakfast. I mean, that's just football, right? I mean, that's a big, big reason why, you know, they talked about McCarthy's offenses being or teams being so successful at winning the turnover battle. Well, it helps when you've got Aaron Rodgers, who treats putting the ball in jeopardy like the plague, you know? For as frustrating as Rodgers could be at times, holding the ball too long or you know, avoiding the middle of the field, all of that led to a low number of turnovers. And the ball is life, you know. It is life. And we've heard Matt talk about it, and it's easy to name-check it, but only Jordan can control it in that regard, especially on that run, the fumble. Come on now. Mm. 
Uh, Kevin, what's up, man? Thanks for being a Care of the G Club member. Really appreciate it. We lost to Tommy DeVito on the 45th anniversary of the Lufthansa heist. Let's take it out on Baker Mayfield tomorrow. <gasps> Jimmy! Love it. What a pull. Stanley, what's up? Would you prefer 4-3 or 3-4 defense? I literally don't care. I don't care. I mean, there's You can make cases for either. And I hear people all the time say, oh, the Packers uh, personnel really fits a 4-3. It's like, okay, maybe. But it, to me, it's about the play style. You can make any, you know, scheme work. You know, they got to have the guys, obviously. But I think, you know, they've got guys who are very malleable. And Brian's talked about this before, like how and that's not a large part of their scouting and or talent procurement. It's about versatility and it's about athleticism, which one could argue maybe get a few more football players in there rather than athletes. But, you know, as far as their, you know, running defense, 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, personally, and this is your question is to me, I don't care. Like, there was a time when I was a younger man, I really wanted a 3-4 defense just because we'd had 4-3 for so long, and Jim Bates' defense was, like, so boring to watch, and I just wanted to change. But that was, what, 20 years ago now? 15? Whatever. Yeah, now I don't care. I mean, because everything's a hybrid anyway. At this point, there's so much sub in the league. I mean, most base defense is, you know, some kind of sub-nickel thing where you've got three backs three defensive backs on the field, three corners on the field automatically, right? So you're almost kind of taking yourself out of 4-3 or 3-4. And even the 3-4 defenses run four or five-man lines at times, depending on the uh, opponent and what they think they can take advantage of, blah, blah, blah. It's just so, at this point in the NFL, yes, you can be based 4-3 or 3-4, but, man, everybody's morphing everything dependent on personnel matchups, which is really where the game is, right? It's not so much about structure. It's about how you can take advantage. Now, you need structure to work your rules and what you're supposed to do in certain situations, given the call and the coverage and what have you. But, yeah, 3-4-4-3, I don't care. I really don't. Brother Love, thanks again, man. Any word on Watson? Definitely want him back ASAP. Well, he he's doubtful for tomorrow, and he won't. I'll be absolutely shocked if he's playing. Um I mean, all you got to do is look at the practice reports, and if you see a guy who has not participated or participated once during the week in a limited fashion, he ain't playing. You know, if you get to a week for Watson where it's full participation um, or even three days in a row of limited participation, then he's got a shot. But this week, it ain't happening. Soder, what's up, man? They're using the tight ends more now, so I'm – I'm, for one, very excited about what we have seen from the rookies and Sims. Yeah, man, like the way they have developed has been impressive. They were pretty hard to watch there, you know, September, October. But I think, you know, Musgrave and Tucker Craft have really come along. Uh, speaking of Craft, if you haven't yet, make sure you guys check out um, this week's Packers playbook. Dusty and John Kuhn go through basically Tucker Craft's tape. And it's uh, almost like, you know, a breakdown of his game against the Giants and how, you know, things he's doing well, things he still needs to work on. But highly recommended. High-level stuff. It's really, really cool. Uh, the whole defensive coaching staff needs a shakeup. Possibly. We'll see. 
Um, Marcus, do you know if Torre is losing snaps to scheme or just not that good? I feel like he had some shining moments, and with his four-four-three speed, he can take safeties away. I don't mind him as a run-em-off guy, but yeah, no, he, he's been surpassed by Malik Heath for good reason. Heath's way more physical and probably just a better overall receiver. And look, that's no knock on Torre. I know it's weird because he was pretty involved his rookie year at times, right, when they needed him. Uh, but now this year, he's been a healthy scratch. And now they've had to play him because of injuries to Watson and some of the other precarious natures uh, injury-wise around the other guys. But, yeah, I mean, he's who do you take off the field for him? You know, other than Malik Heath, that's the one conversation you might have. But there's no way you're taking Watson, Reed, Wicks, Dobbs, any of those guys off the field for Torre. You know what I mean? So just a numbers game. And, look, he was a tick away from two touchdowns against the Giants. Hopefully maybe with a week now to work together, he and Love get back into a groove, you know. Um, the one thing I don't want to see is that damn deep shot to Torre, which they did a couple times this summer, I think once early in the season. Like, you're talking about his 4-4-3 speed. That's fine. Like, that doesn't translate. He's not a deep threat in any way, shape, or form. And every time they've tried it, there's been, like, at least two defenders, if not three around him. Like, no, enough of that. Please no. Biggest obstacle to a Packer W tomorrow? Josh, the Green Bay Packers, shooting themselves in the foot. We saw it completely reemerge against the Giants. Whether it's a false start penalty from Elton Jenkins that puts you behind the sticks in a way that you're just not designed to overcome. Uh, fumbles, special teams play, you know, these are the things, man. Jordan Love's got to be more accurate, especially earlier in games. You know, the Just beating yourself, man. That The number one thing. I think they can beat the Bucks, but they can't beat the Bucks and themselves. They They cannot do it. They're not good enough. Please, God, don't let Matt LaFleur gas my up, me up in the offseason. I have children to feed. <laughs> Scary. Jonas says, thoughts on Van Ness's rookie year so far? About what I expected. Um, I know he's been seeing more snaps here now, in kind of the back end of the season, and I think he's been a little more active. Obviously got another sack, what have you, but, you know, he needs to hit the weight room. There's no doubt about that. Um, he's still running around kind of, I'm not going to say, <laughs> like totally headless, but... You know, it's it's he's very green. He's very young. Um, and the thing is, is like you see the athleticism. You certainly see the promise, and you understand, or you should understand, why the Packers selected him. The idea of where he could potentially grow, you know, what he could become, is pretty damn exciting with those physical tools. But yeah, he's got a lot, a lot to learn, a lot, a lot of areas to grow. And again, it's pretty much what I expected. Not surprised. And he didn't have a ton of opportunities earlier in the year. Now, he's getting more here as the season goes along. But, um, yeah, I, I think, again, pretty much on schedule. Uh, surprised Melton got the call over DuBose this week. Thoughts? Mike, I don't know why you would be. Uh, Melton's been called up before. And DuBose pretty much missed the entire offseason. This is pretty much a redshirt year for him. So, yeah, I don't think anyone should be surprised by that. Rick, Wyatt's play has been really good if you actually watch the tape. I know it's disheartening when you don't see a lot of big plays from a first-round pick, but Wyatt's been good, especially over the course of the last month or so. Like, if you sit down and watch his play, he's been really solid. Like, better than solid. He's been really good. 
So, yeah, again, I know he doesn't make splash plays and haven't heard his name a lot, but he's playing good football. Uh, I know it's still 2023, but I love this roster going into next year. I'm right there with you, Aaron. A lot of lot of upside, a lot of growth potential. The fact that they seem to have done a pretty damn good job with their 2022 class, and now 2023's rookie class looks pretty damn promising. That could be the core, right? That's your core to grow into a hopefully a championship contender. You know, that's the whole idea. A um, lot has to play out, obviously, but the talent and the upside is certainly there. I just want some tackle for losses. You know, Soder, you and I, we're simple men with simple needs and desires. Tackle for losses. Ring it up. All right, buddy, I got to get going. I can't thank you guys enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, even on Saturdays. Um, Hope you'll join Corey and myself for our watch party tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully the Packers cooperate in that aspect. Um, Please do me a monster favor and hit like on the video. Subscribe to the channel and then tell your friends and tell your family. Cheesehead TV. We are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go.